Hey guys, it's Kanice, author of the Willow Song series, featuring my debut novel, The Call from the Willow, now available on Amazon. In coming summer of 2020, the second installment of the Willow Song series, The Calling of Kings. And you're listening to Too Cheap for Therapy. You cold? Mm-mm. I'm just getting warmed up! Oh my God. <laughs> Can that be the intro? Sure. Okay, great. Too cheap for therapy with Marianne and Corinne. Hello. Hello, world. <laughs> Hello. Hello, y'all. Thanks, Kanise, for that wonderful opening. Everybody go buy her book. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll give you a link so you can get it on the Amazon. Reading's good for your brain. It is. I know. Developmental and such. It is. And it's nice to escape reality sometimes. And All the time. More of a reason for you to go buy Kinesis book. Excellent reasoning. Well, now they're all going to go buy Kinesis book. All right. Thanks for listening. Yes, see you later. <laughs> That's all. I'm Marianne. I'm Kareen. And you're listening to Too Cheap for Therapy. Yeah. <laughs> We're once again in Tesla Studios. It's true. Here we are in the car. We love to loiter. We do love to loiter. <laughs> and right now we're looking at some other people who are loitering in the parking lot. Doing makeup. Are they doing makeup in the back of their SUV? Or in, in a trunk? Like a Subaru or something? Mm-hmm. I've never seen such since I cried in the world, Corinne. I have not as well, but I love it, and I think we should invite them to collab, and you should come sit in Tesla Studios. A collabo. Do you, have you ever thought about renting out your back seat <laughs> no. for all manner of strange Craigslist meetings? Such as? Oh, I don't think you want to know. <laughs> no, I don't. Probably best you don't know the details. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, I think you coined a term, and I love it. It's the pre-ramble. Oh, the pre-ramble. We all stand and salute while we talk about the pre-ramble. Yes, it's very American. So, it's just where we tell you to sign up and subscribe to all the things. I don't know. Go to iTunes and stuff. And what do you say? Rate, subs- subscribe, review. Comment, question, <laughs> send a picture. Don't send pictures. Don't. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Oh, photos. I mean, you can send nice pictures, but yeah, please. I mean, I don't know that we can define what's nice. Uh, that's a good point. Just don't send photos. Memes are nice. Oh, memes are nice. I like memes. Maymays. Maymays. I like those too. I love it. If you get a Fortnite, <laughs> send me a picture of you with a thumbs up. I scored a Fortnite! Oh, a whole Fortnite? <laughs> My children hate me. Yeah, you're yeah. you're embarrassing them. Oh I think. God, I'm so embarrassing to everyone. Just wait until they're old enough to listen to this. They're gonna be like, "Oh my God, my mom." I'll be long dead. Oh God. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> sure. Don't worry. So you can go to our website. It's too cheap for therapy dot com. Email us. Find us on the Twitter. We have an Instagram with pictures. Oh yeah, it does have pictures. It does have I pictures. One you sure did. I did it. Like a champ. I did it like a big girl. <laughs> Ugh, makes me feel like a big man. I didn't even have to show you how. You did it. Nope, I did it. That's I great. figured it out. It took me about 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, good. Ah, during this little chatty chat 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 we're having right now, uh-huh. I also wanted to mention we're selling books. 
We are. Canise. Well, we love Canise. Well, so yeah. We love her book. And we, we do. Want everyone to read it and buy it. Yes, please. Um, if you, you, the guy listening. There's only one guy listening. Yeah. Hey, guy. Is it your husband? No, it's definitely not my <laughs> husband. No, he wouldn't listen to this. What? He's got stuff to do. Are you? So you're talking to some other guy who's not your husband? Yeah. I I'm, love you. I'm gonna tell your husband. The guy is probably gonna tell my <laughs> husband. Oh well. All right. So, uh, if you have something you want to sell, if you have a thing yeah. that you make or that you you, you import. You want us to hawk something? You want us to hawk your stuff? You want us to hawk your dick pills? You <laughs> could do that. What? You want us to hawk your shitty apps? <laughs> I'm sure they're lovely apps. You want us to hawk your lovely apps? That's we'll promote too. them. You want us to hawk your diet tea that gives you diarrhea? <laughs> diarrhea tea! We're going to do that. We'll do it for a small fee. You'd send us some, some diarrhea tea and we're going to do it. <laughs> We'll test whatever you send us and say positive things. And even if your dick pills don't give me a boner, I'll probably say they give me a boner. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, someone's got to take the pills. That's true. And it won't be me. Send me an envelope of loose pills. <laughs> no. A Lucy. No, don't. Don't do that. Or do. That sounds illegal. Send me a picture of an envelope of loose pills <laughs> and I'll put them on Instagram. Don't do that. Anyway, we're just saying. Oh, but if you do like what you have, uh, what you've been hearing, if you like us, if you don't want to send pictures but you want to send money, you can do that. Send money. Cool. We we have a Patreon account. We set it up. You can go to patreon.com slash too cheap for therapy or download their app and find us on there and follow. We'll put like cool exclusives, member only stuff on there. Ooh. And you can, you know, send us a dollar. So many swears. You can send us more than a dollar. You wanna you wanna pay us to do a shout out? We can do that. You want me to shout you out? If you want to do your own shout out, promote your own whatnots, you can send us a voice message via the email. If you want Marianne to do your taxes, you can send your taxes. Uh, and I will refer you to my tax lady because I'm not doing taxes. You're gonna get arrested. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Tiffany, sing the song. Play us in. Too cheap on the pain. Oh, that would be nice. Sing us a song, Miss <laughs> Chapman. <laughs> she doesn't sound like Tracy Chapman. She does a little. Well, maybe that's what she was going for. No, I like it. I'm super into Too it. Too cheap on the pain. I like it. Tiffany, thank you for writing that original song for our podcast. Yeah, that was very nice. Tiffany is my beautiful sister. Very I, talented. I feel good to know talented people. Okay. Means I don't have to be a talented people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is that what that means? Yeah, it's really working for me so far, too. <laughs> that works. Yeah. So what are we talking about today, Marianne? I believe we are talking about grief. Mm. Good grief. Yeah. I know we're not trying to bring everybody down, but it's something that we have to talk about. Especially in America, people just want to sweep it under a rug of sorts, you know? Yeah, and we're dropping like flies, so we better get to talking. Yeah. Jesus. Well, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> okay. You never know. So what should we talk about first in this grief episode? Well, I know everyone's heard of the stages of grief, so... There's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if everybody is aware that it's not a linear thing. Right. 
And if you expect it to ha- be a linear thing, you're going to have a bad time. Oh, yeah, because it never ends. It never ends. You don't finish, like, cross over some finish line. And it's not like you get done with the first stage and then you get done with the second Next. stage. Next! No, no. It's not. <laughs> you can be just rambling all over the place, all over the different yeah. stages all the time. Yeah. Oh, I'm depressed already. Yeah. Gad. Do you want to get some food? Yeah. Can okay. we? That'd be great. We'll be right back with food. <laughs> After this commercial break from our sponsor, Dick Pills. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gave me a boner. <laughs> and there are other models of grief, though. That's not the only one. Yeah, there's one that I found that I really liked, um, and it helped me go through some of my grief processing and whatnot it's basically a picture and i'll post it on instagram all the stuff we're talking about if it's a picture we'll put it on the instagram a photo if it's a photo we'll put it there if it's a link or some words we'll put it on twitter who knows or there also or we might put it in an envelope and send it to your house (laughs) give us your address give us your address (laughs) and your money oh god well the picture that i liked it's basically a drawing of a circle that's all colored in black that's supposed to represent your grief and then a thin line circle that surrounds it and that's supposed to be your life so in the in the first picture the depiction of your life is pretty small because the grief is engulfing everything in your life because it just happened something horrible just happened late most people think that the grief will get smaller and dissipate and eventually go away but it doesn't the second picture shows that the grief stays the same size but your life around it gets bigger like you have a family you make more friends better job yada yada so the grief is still there and it doesn't get smaller your life just gets bigger around it does anybody want to sell food send me your food oh god yeah yeah if you want us to hawk some food items Send us a trial or something, or yeah. snacks, and we'll talk about them in detail. Send them in an envelope. <laughs> Fill an envelope with spaghetti. What? Send it to Marianne's house. What? Okay. I'll eat the spaghetti. I know I will, too. The unmarked spaghetti. I'm not going to lie. I'm Good. eating it. I'm eating it right now. <laughs> oh, there was a lady um, who gave a TED Talk. Her name is, her name is Nora McIrney. Um, she lost her husband... I'm sorry. So in her TED Talk, she's basically talking about grief, and she has a few other points that she kind of invented. Um, she said that we, we don't move on from grief, we move forward. A lot of people tell people who are grieving, hey, you, you know, you'll move on, it'll be fine. You never move on from that grief. You just have to keep going and move forward. She also said that the only way to pass grief is to go through it. And then she said, a grieving person is going to laugh again and smile again. They're going to move forward, but that doesn't mean that they've moved on. And I like that. I like that, too. Yeah. It's very true, because even, I mean, there are people I lost years and years ago, and it's, you know, sort of distant at this point, but there are times when it just hits really hard, and you think, geez, I thought I was over this, and there's no over. Yeah, it kind of just gets more dull. Not as such, it's not such a sharp pain in the moment later on years and years later it becomes more dull i i think yeah that makes sense what kind of uh grief have you gone through uh i lost my grandma not too long after i got married so i actually had her for 
it was very nice she was around for my wedding. Aw, Graham Graham. pictures. Oh, that's nice. I had wished that she could have stuck around for me to have kids because yeah. I would have really loved to introduce her to my kids because mm. she would have been a big fan. Um, but, you know, you, you can't stick around all the time. Well, speaking of TED Talkers, mm-hmm. that's what I'm calling them now. TED Talkers. TED Talkers. Yum. Yeah, Wait, are they going to sue us? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Let's keep going. Send your dollar. We're getting sued. <laughs> uh, we need money for a lawyer. <laughs> we need money for so many things. Oh, God. Uh, uh, yeah, so there's another lovely lady. Mm-hmm. Not a Nora. Her name is Caitlin Doty. Mm-hmm. And she... Um, has a Facebook, and she's got a YouTube, and she's got an Instagram, and she's done TED Talks, and uh, she goes under the title of uh, The Order of the Good Death, mm-hmm. and she's a death positivity spokesperson. She's an undertaker cool. in Los Angeles, and she's mostly promoting uh, green burials and things we can do to make the death process more environmentally conscious, mm-hmm. and she gives people ideas of, you know, what they can and cannot do, and and um, she's very progressive. Yeah. She's very lovely. She's very funny. She's very smart. She is all the things that I want to be, and I am not. <laughs> but she's terrific. So, she has a couple of books out, um, one from a few years ago that's called uh, When the Smoke Gets in Your Eyes. Aww. And then she's got a new one. That's from her that's experience. That's wistful. Well, it's actually from her experience working in a crematory. Oh, Lord. As a young woman. Oh, so, so it's quite literal. It's, I believe, literal and wistful. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I mean, she, you know, it's the duality of man and whatnot. And she has a new one out that is called From Here to Eternity. Mm-hmm. And they're both very good. Um, but she talks a lot about taking charge of things. I think that's a big issue as is people feel like death is so final and so abrupt yeah. and there's nothing you can do and no one really talks about it so there's no planning but there are good ways to prepare you just have to be willing to talk about it right. you have to kind of rope your you know relatives into talking right. about it with you and and uh, it gets creepy but it's good right so yeah check her out could you go more into detail about um, environmentally friendly oh yeah some so, people might not understand that like Putting your loved one in a casket that's $10,000 in the ground. And isn't that environmentally friendly? Yeah, I think we all think of burial and sort of just do that ashes to ashes, dust to dust thing. Except Mm -hmm. the prescribed scenario of a burial nowadays is a huge concrete vault. And I don't remember the exact statistic, but I think she said that... The amount of concrete used in burial vaults every year could rebuild the San Francisco Bay Bridge. Wow. I mean, it's an astronomical amount of materials. Wow. Um, and then you're talking about fossil fuels burned to, you know, ship everything, move everything, have big machines. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, when people are embalmed, they're you're basically filling them with preservative yeah. poison. Chemicals and, that's yeah. It's going to eventually leach into the ground. Right. And, Maybe wasn't a huge issue a long time ago, but we got an awful lot of There's, that happening. Yeah, and there are more people who are dead who've probably been embalmed than there are people alive currently. So, yeah, just think about that for a second. Oh, that's a real spooky. Think about this. You're going to be dead longer than you've been alive. 
Isn't that creepy? That one doesn't creep me out. Really? Yeah, no. Eternity scares me a little bit. My boyfriend and I talked about this a little. Like, just the thought of eternity used to scare him when he was little. I think eternity scares my husband, but it's because he might have to spend it with me. <laughs> All right. And God love you. You should be scared. <laughs> nice. Yeah. This is General George Washington, and you're listening to Too Cheap for Therapy with Corrine and Marianne. Yeah, that's my hand sanitizer. Oh, the one I got in my mouth. <laughs> you got hand sanitizer in your mouth? Yeah, I was just trying to <laughs> smell it and it got all in my mouth. What? Yeah. Okay. Listen, don't ever judge me. All right, let's keep going then. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about my grief that I've gone through. Um, I lost my husband in 2016 and... I always feel a little weird about saying lost because he didn't die of any sort of sickness or disease. He was killed. But um, I guess I want to start with an article from the Federal Way Mirror in Washington State. On April 3rd, 2016, Jeffrey McLaren Jr., he was 19, was found deceased um, in Federal Way, Washington. He had been shot multiple times. Alex Kelly, who is 26, he was found deceased, also in the same area, in Federal Way, Washington, on May 9th, 2016, so just a few days afterward. Frank Cohen's Jr., he was 27. He was found the same day, May 9th, 2016, and he had been shot multiple times. And then my husband, Adam Gutierrez, who was 30, was found deceased lying on the sidewalk in the same city, on May 10th, 2016, and he had been shot multiple times. But that's not how I found out that my husband was killed. I remember that night, um, I'd gotten home and, you know, Adam and I did our normal thing. And then I had to get to bed early around eight o'clock because the next morning I had to wake up and go to a 3 a.m. shift at a call center that I worked at at the time. So I remember telling him goodnight. We actually danced a little bit in our office, <laughs> which is funny to me. <laughs> um, and I went to bed. I mean, it was just a normal day, and I didn't think, you know, no one thinks anything bad is going to happen. It's just a normal day. The next morning on the 11th, I woke up at about 1 in the morning. But Adam wasn't next to me in the bed, and that was very strange. That's not normal for him. Um, so I got up and looked in the office. I thought, oh, maybe he's studying. He's not there. I looked everywhere around the house, and he wasn't there. So I texted him. No reply. Called him. No reply. So at this point, your brain is making up excuses and reasons why this is happening. And my brain doesn't automatically jump to something horrible. Some people do, other people don't, mine did not. So I thought, oh, well, maybe he's at his parents just down the street. I don't know, maybe he fell asleep. Maybe he's hanging out with his cousin. I don't know. Maybe he's crashing at his house. It was, it, all of these things are unlike Adam. He would always text or call and let me know what's going on, but 
you know, your brain wants to compensate. Does that make sense? It totally does. Yeah, you don't, I mean, I don't think anyone's brain really jumps to that terrible of a consequence immediately. Right. I had my car stolen at one point, and I walked outside, and my car was not in its spot, and I spent an hour thinking, did I leave my car somewhere? Which is insane, because obviously I drove my car home, but yeah, no, you don't, you don't think the worst. Right, immediately, yeah. But I did remember at that point that Adam and I had kind of synced our phones to an app that, with GPS, you can see the other person's location with their phone. So I opened the app, got in my car, and I saw that his phone was just down the block, a couple blocks away, actually. So I got in the car, drove down the street, and then there was a police barricade. My brain did not compute. So I backed up went down another street thinking, okay, I'm just trying to get to his phone. He probably lost his phone. There's another police barricade with cop cars, flashing lights. It didn't make any sense. I just wanted to get Adam's phone. That's probably why he wasn't texting or calling back, right? So I park the car, get out. I see an officer next to the barricades and I walk up and I say, hi, um, you know, it's two in the morning. This is awkward. Hey, I'm looking for my husband's phone. I think it's on the other side of this barricade. And the officer says, are you Mrs. Gutierrez? Yes. That's when my brain sort of turned off. That's, uh, I guess when I put everything together, that something was wrong. So he ushered me over to some other detectives. They told me that, Adam had been shot, and he didn't make it. And I think this is when I went into shock. I don't remember a lot after that. I just remember them talking to me. I don't remember what they said. I I know I went next to my car and, like, dry heaved. It was your body and brain do strange things when you go into shock. And I'm, I'm thankful that my brain did go into shock, so I don't remember a lot of things because it You know, it's a traumatic event. As they were talking to me and probably explaining next steps, I looked over my shoulder past the barricades and I could see the ambulance just parked there. It was too far away for me to see anything in detail, but I could see the ambulance. And I I just remember wondering why all the EMTs were just sort of standing around and not, you know, running around and getting Adam in the back of the in the ambulance, you know, why are they just standing there and where's their sense of urgency? I I don't think it really hit me that he was dead, so. After that, one of the detectives drove me over to my mother-in-law's house. After calling her and being very ambiguous with her on the phone, I'm sure that didn't worry her. God, I feel so bad for my mother-in-law. You know, just the sight of having these detectives drive up with your daughter-in-law sobbing. You don't know what's wrong. It's like three in the morning. I don't remember much. I just remember the detectives telling Adam's family and then all of us just crying and going inside. And the police chaplain came in and we prayed. And that's all I really remember. 
Just shock, man. Yeah, I think that's a big part that's not really emphasized as well as the shock because, like we talked about the five stages of grief, but it starts with denial. Maybe it should start with shock because yeah. it is really hard to wrap your brain around something like that. Yeah, I think um, I saw somewhere online that some people are adding two more stages to the five stages to make seven. The first one is shock, and then later on... Um, I think there's questioning. Once you're getting close to acceptance, I think the, the step before the new one is questioning. That makes sense because everybody does go through that moment of, you know, you, you crack a smile and then you think, oh my God, should I be smiling oh, yet? Yeah. Should I be laughing? I did that a lot. I caught myself, you know, even two days after this, you know, I'm depressed, still in shock. I'm just bumbling around the house and someone says something and I chuckle. And then I feel so guilty for doing that. But don't feel guilty. That's just you being human. You know, you're trying to cope the best you can. You shouldn't lock yourself in a room and just cry, you know? Unless that's what you want to do. And yeah. Then you should do that. True. But don't do it for too long. Not for too long. It's not healthy. And there should be good people around you yes. saying, come out and eat food. That helped so much to have the overwhelming amount of support. Even my siblings said that they, after the vigil, that they, you know, felt comfortable going back home, knowing that all of my friends were here and Adam's family were here and we could all support each other. It's just a shitty thing, but I'm glad I had people around me. I remember, um, you know, I had to call people. My mother-in-law called family members and everybody. Uh, I called my siblings and that started a chain for them to call the rest of the family. I called my childhood besties, Leslie and Emily, and um, I told them what happened. I don't even remember exactly what I said. I just remember I called them. And then, without missing a beat, both of them respectively said, Okay, I'm going to find the next flight out of here and get to you as soon as I can. That's when you know you've got good friends, because they don't say... Should I come? They yeah. Say, I'll be there. Bitch, get ready. Right. I'm on a plane I'll take care of you. Now. I'm coming. Yeah, I remember I called you. I don't know what I said. Uh, did I say yeah, anything? No, it was from my perspective. It was it was weird because I was just getting up and getting ready to get my kids off to school. Yeah. Um, and my phone rang and I looked at it and well, that was unusual anyway because. Nobody calls. Anybody. Nobody calls. People don't call people. I don't want to call anybody. I don't want to call anyone or text anyone. Yeah. Or I'll text you, but that wasn't a, an appropriate text. I'll text you back. Yeah. But I don't want to initiate. Right. Anyhow, so I saw your name come up on the caller ID, and I thought, uh, that's something bad. Yeah. But my idea of bad was like, maybe you have a flat tire, or yeah. maybe you, you can't go to work today and you need someone to cover for you, mm -hmm. or, you know, like normal stuff. Yeah. And then I answered the phone, and I heard what was going on, and it was a very, very brief phone call. And yeah, it didn't even occur to me to do anything except say, let me take my kids to school, and then I'm on my way to your house. Yeah. that was the only thing to do. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think before that, I, I knew we were close friends, but I didn't know you were my best friend until you, you knocked on the door, I opened it, and you walked in. And 
you just started crying and we hugged and that was it. I mean, you didn't have anything to say. What do you say in that moment? Nothing. Nothing's good. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing fits because it's such, yeah, it's, what do I even want to call it? It's such an outrage, you know, like it's just such a shock to your system. Like it's so wrong yeah. and abrupt and it's like, there's nothing you can do. I remember when you called and you were telling me, you know, this happened, this happened. And you did say, you know, he didn't make it. Yeah. And I still, in my mind, I was thinking, all right, and tell me where to go. Mm. And tell me what hospital. Where are we going? Do I need to come get you? Can I meet you there? Are we going to Harborview? Are we going to Seattle? Are we, where are we going? And my brain had a really hard time with that. And even weeks after, I would read the news articles. Like, I would get on the computer and read them. Yeah. And I kept reading them, and they all said the same thing. I mean, it was, you know, the story was over. It had, you know, it had been documented. And I was thinking, why am I doing this? And later it occurred to me I was doing it because I was waiting for it to change. Yeah. I was waiting for it to say, and he is recovering at such and such or something. And uh, that was that was a tough one. Yeah. I, that's part of it, I guess, went through your grief process that your brain can't make sense of what happened and you don't have any any real concrete proof that it has happened. You have, you know, me telling you this is something that the police have told me. I didn't have to go anywhere to identify his body. They, he had his ID on him. So in my brain, I was still in denial for the longest time until my mother-in-law wanted to have a viewing. I was really against it, and so was my father-in-law, but I'm really glad that I went because that really solidified, you know, seeing um, Adam, you know. I always have mixed feelings about that, but I think in the case of something that happened so abruptly, yeah. that it probably is pretty appropriate. It made but it real. Again, though, it's totally up to the individual, and I really hate that there are people out there who are saying, you have to have a viewing or else... You know, you're going to regret you didn't have a viewing. Right. But you can only do what you can do then. True. You can't worry about what you're going to think later. So some people want one, some people don't. Everybody's right. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, it's Kanice, author of the Willow Song series, featuring my debut novel, The Call from the Willow, now available on Amazon. And coming summer of 2020, the second installment of the Willow Song series, The Calling of Kings. And you're listening to Too Cheap for Therapy. Is this okay? Is this thing on? Get closer. <laughs> I'm as close as I can get. <laughs> oh, God. All right. It's like we're making out. Pretty much. Mm. Hey, Kareem. Hey. So we were having some technical difficulties. It's true. That I quite don't understand. And it sounded like Kareen was what, in the back seat? It sounded like I was out of the car. Maybe you were? I was chasing the car. <laughs> that works. All right. Now we're sharing a microphone. Oh, it's like a duet. And we're real close. We are real close. Hey. I don't smell very good. <laughs> Nor do I. Oh, all right all then. All right. So what are we talking about? Um, you want to talk about the ripple effect? Yeah, let's talk about the ripple effect. So I'm going to try to find that picture and put it on the Instagram also. 
It is another model of uh, kind of a how-to for grieving. So picture this. You are a pebble. That's it. You just imagine yourself as a pebble. That's it. And it will help you grieve. Oh, okay. Okay, but let's take it a little further. Yes. You're a pebble that mm-hmm. gets dropped into a pond. Okay. Or a bucket. Sure. Or a receptacle. That has water. Or a toilet. Or a liquid. It's probably going to feel like a toilet. <laughs> okay, sure. All right. So, it's water. Mm-hmm. You drop something in it and it ripples. Yes. And it ripples out from the center. Yes. So, the circles get further and further and further apart. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the model for grieving is that the person who's doing the grieving or the family that's doing the grieving is the center. Mm -hmm. And the people in their life that are closest to them are the first ring in. And then it goes out from there. So people that you don't know so well, people who've heard of you, people, yeah, so it keeps going. So in my case, I and Adam's family would be the, the center of the ripple, then you would be my next ring, and then who's the next ring after you for me it would be like my husband and then my mm-hmm. husband would have his people on the other side you know on the next ripple and, okay and so the idea is that it's perfectly fine to vent and express your grief mm-hmm. but you want to be doing it outward as opposed to inward so right. i'm not going to bring my grief about this situation to you I'm going to bring it to my next ripple, so my husband. And then if he needs to talk to someone about his feelings that he's feeling after I've talked to him, he's going to take that to his next ripple. Like his coworkers or something. Exactly, or friend. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So, yeah, I, I would not want that coming back to me, someone else telling me about, you know, their grieving process when I'm so close to it. I mean, if I'm further away from it, I don't have any problem with you venting to me about whatever you're going through. But when someone is venting to me about the the killing of my husband, I don't think I can handle that. Do you want to just kick him in the crotch? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Punch to the face, (laughs) punch to the nuts. Punch to the neck! Face nuts! Yes. There were a lot of things that people did that I was not happy about. Ooh, let's talk about the do's and don'ts. All right. All right. What's a what's a do or don't? Um, I remember attending Adam's funeral. Of course, it was sad. Everybody's crying. I'm probably still in shock. I don't know. I'm leaving the funeral, and a little old lady approaches me. I don't know her. She knows me, clearly. I'm the widow. And she says, you're still, you're still young. You can still remarry. Don't worry. Oh. Like, I'm sure she had good intentions, and through her life, living 80-some-odd years or whatever, maybe that's great sound advice for someone who's ready. But don't tell me while I'm leaving my husband's funeral that I can remarry someday. Don't tell me that. She probably knew a guy. Oh, my God. She probably has a grandson who's a doctor. I don't care if her grandson's a doctor. I'm leaving my husband's funeral. Have, a, you- have a little tact. Did you give her the old face nuts? No. Oh, you should have. I just, I didn't know what to say. I just, you know, she took my hand and I just looked at her and then I left. I don't fucking know. Yeah, that's a mess. Also, those folks who say, uh, oh, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not so much to the widow. Yeah, I used to be one of those people who thought, oh, things do happen for a reason. But now, after this experience, it just seems like, it's all just a jumbled mess of 
I don't know, randomness. That sounds right. Yeah, that's my take on it. That's life. I had um, quite a few religious people come. I'm not religious myself, but a few religious people came up to me and wanted to comfort me. And they did that by saying, God just needed another angel. Oh, is that right? What in the hell are they talking about? Is that is that why God decided that he needed my husband to come to heaven? Because he needed one more angel? Well, you should have married an asshole uh, and he would have been allowed to stick around. Jesus. That's a horrible, horrible uh, thing. Now, even that, I could see how someone would think, oh, this will be comforting. Right. No. And also with that, hand in hand went, oh, he's in a better place. Is he? I don't know that. But I'd rather him be here with me in our house. You know? It's a good place. Still alive. That would be better. Yeah. Yes, it would. Yes. <laughs> How about, okay, those are some don'ts. How about some do's? Some do's. Um, I really appreciated my mother-in-law's friend, Jennifer, within, I don't know, four hours of knowing that Adam had died. Um, she was just sitting next to my mother-in-law in her kitchen not saying anything, just like rubbing her back and being present. That's it. That's all you have to do. Don't be a dick. Yeah, don't be a dick and shut your craw. Yeah. Um, I remember months and months afterward, my friend Dawn, she just politely asked what was going on with the case. And I told her what I knew. And then she said, you know, that really sucks. And that is the best I don't know, the way you can explain all of this. It does really suck. Yeah, it's, because just, it's a big ball of suck. Yeah, when people say, oh, I'm sorry, or my condolences, it doesn't have the same impact, I guess. It just feels a little too hallmark. It's a little right. too trite. Yeah. Suck is more personal. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> but I noticed that with um, people who are trying to help, they're kind of two different people. You're a doer. You showed up to my house like a ninja and, like, cleaned my dishes and brought food and snacks and, you know, you were a doer. You made the mistake of giving me the code to your door. <laughs> eh, yeah, you would just be there and sometimes you wouldn't be there, but I would see a snack tray like, ah, oh, Corinne was here. All right. I do bring food. Yeah. And then there are the other people, like I mentioned, my mother-in-law's friend, Jennifer, she's more of um, a comforter. My friend, Emily... Well, actually, both Emily's were comforters. They would just come and sit with me and let me talk when I needed to talk or cry when I had to cry. You know, it's just nice. That is nice. It's nice to be present if you're able. And it's nice to have a network so that if you're not able, someone else can be there. Yeah. Because obviously we all still have to, you know, do our daily stuff. Nobody can just bail on life and come and live with you. I was close. I told my husband, I'm like, I'm not going to be around very much, so you can be single dad for yeah. a while. It was difficult after the um, after the vigil, after the funeral, after a certain amount of time when it's kind of appropriate for people to not show up every day and be there for me. It was difficult for me because I wasn't ready. Um, I did want my space because I had everyone around me since the the first hour of all of us finding out but it was strange to get used to being alone I wasn't ready for that I could see that being super weird yeah to be in a big empty house so strange 
Well, it's sort of like when you have a baby and the first week everybody wants to come over and hold the baby and see yeah. the baby and you get to, you know. Smell the baby. Eat. Oh, God, smell the babies. <laughs> babies smell so good. Are you all aware of this? Right now, get up, find yourself a baby. No, what? Just a random baby? Well, I mean, you. it's just like when you pet a dog, you have to ask. Oh, yeah. You have to say, can I smell your baby? Oh, God. Um, also, don't ask. It's similar to a dog. Don't ask if they're a rescue. Oh, God. People don't like that. You're going to get arrested. I'm going to get arrested. <laughs> For sniffing babies. But do smell a baby. It's, oh, my you God. You put it on your bucket list. Smell. It's got to be kind of a new baby, though. Yeah. I mean, it's got. It's like new car smell. Like, after a year, <laughs> baby it smell new. Yeah. <laughs> But before a year, oh my god, it smells real good. Oh lord! Also, if you're the owner of a baby, get your baby detailed. <laughs> if you got your babies, bring them, bring them here. To, yeah, wanna? We're meet gonna us? smell them. Bring them to Tesla Studios, <laughs> where babies get smelled. Better yet, Tesla Studios will come to you and smell your baby. Oh god, that's true. We're on wheels. We'll be there. What's your address? <laughs> oh my god! Send us a dollar in your address, and we'll smell your baby. I'll give you a dollar if I can smell your baby. And we'll give you those loose dick pills. Oh yeah! <laughs> can I trade you an envelope full of unmarked pills for your baby? For your baby. <laughs> Who's got uh, babies we can smell? Are we on an FBI list? Probably no? not. Yeah, I think I think that's the case. Simon just had a baby. Simon just had a baby. Adorable. Probably oh, so smells cute. Delicious. Let me smell your baby. You want to bring me that baby? I'll smell it. Uh, Wyatt just had a baby. Wyatt just had a baby. I want to smell that baby. Equally adorable. Probably also smells delicious. You know, Simon and Wyatt, um, when everything happened, they texted me and they were like, hey, if you need us to cut your grass, we'll definitely do that. Because, you know, people come out of the woodworks and they're so nice. They, you know, BZ, she made some food and um, like froze it for me so I could just have meals at the ready. And I mean, everybody tries to do what they think they can do and that's all anyone really needs just some support I think that's really great especially to have a thing to do because yeah. I, I think a lot of people think I want to help but how can I help and they say how can I help and you say oh I'm American and my culture says I have to say oh no 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 everything's fine I'm right. fine how about like specifically today what do you have to do today right you have to take your dog to the dog spa can I do that for you and you did and I did Aww. and it was Great. But I wouldn't have thought about that. I was just so depressed that people would ask, is there anything I can do for you? Fuck, I don't know. Uh, so I would just say, uh, nothing. Because I couldn't, my brain was mush. I couldn't think of anything. No. <laughs> right. But if you walk into someone's house and their sink is full of dirty dishes. Fucking wash those dishes. Fucking wash those dishes. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, and also another don't. Please don't ask someone who's going through the grieving process. Are you okay? They're not Okay. No. They're just going to say, yeah, I'm fine. But they're not fine. Ask them, do you want to talk about anything? How can I help you in any way? You know, once some time has passed there and their brain's not mush anymore. But they're just going to say, I'm fine. Maybe let them slap you in the face. Yeah. Get some anger out. Punch you in the neck. Maybe punch you in the neck. Bring a baby to work. Let them smell it. Maybe don't mix those up. <laughs> Don't punch that baby. Don't punch the baby. No. No babies were harmed in the recording of this podcast. Not a lot of babies. <laughs> what? No. No babies were harmed in the recording of this podcast. We don't even have any babies. <laughs> uh. Oh, I did want to talk about um, survivor's guilt. I had a lot of that. And I think, I don't know, your brain tries to process everything and it inevitably goes to, well, if I hadn't said this or I hadn't done this or if I had told him this... Maybe he wouldn't have died. No. Everything goes back to who killed him. 
And in this case, I guess I should say, what what do I say so I don't get sued? Ah, um, uh, you can say that um, someone was. Arrested. Well, I can say his name. Yeah, um, Justice Henderson was arrested for these crimes. I, I guess that's all I can say. What's that word that you say? Um, uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that. You can Google him. That he's allegedly a giant piece of shit. Yeah. Justice Henderson. And he was 17 at the time. And the police literally at their press conference said he went on a, prili- uh, on a killing spree. What the fuck? What a mess. I know. But allegedly, he killed four people. And right now, he's currently doing about 12 years of hard time for attempted murder of his grandmother's boyfriend. What? What? Wow. (sighs) Yeah. So, I guess every once in a while, I'll keep you updated on what's going on with the case. But right now, it's kind of at a standstill. I think they're trying all of the victims in one court case. And that's difficult to get all the information together. Um, like the prosecutor showed me one of the binders, you know, those huge binders that you would have in school uh-huh. with the three ring binder one. I do. They have about 20 of those per victim wow. that they have to go through of information. So I get it. it. It takes time. It's just shitty that we have to wait. This happened in 2016. It's fucking 2019 now. And they've told me the court case will probably begin next year in October, 2020. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. But at the very least, they did, you know, lock someone up so that they can't injure or kill anyone else. Yeah. He had accomplices as well. Um, I don't know what's going on with them. I'm sure you can Google it. It's there. I was really shocked when all of this happened and the media started. The media contacted us immediately. We weren't prepared for this. We didn't have, like, a statement as a family, so we declined to have any sort of interview. The immediate family did, but that didn't stop the extended family. Of course, they came out of the woodworks. That's another don't. Don't do that. Don't if, do that. If you're the uncle or the aunt or the step-cousin or whatever, and something has happened, yes, that's your relative that is deceased, but call their mother, call their wife, see if they're talking. If they're not, don't say anything to the press, please. Yeah, shut your craw. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Okay, bye. The end. The end. See you next week. (laughs) If you have any sort of survivor's guilt, you're just going to have to work through that. None of it's your fault. I mean, someone who dies of an illness, someone who dies accidentally from a killing, whatever, it's not your fault. You couldn't have prevented this. That's really interesting because when I think of survivor's guilt, I think of two people were in a car accident Mm. and one person was killed and the other wasn't. Uh And there's a lot of questioning of why them and not me. And I never really thought about it in terms of just being the one left alive in any scenario. Right. I briefly talked to one of my brother-in-laws about this. Um, His brother passed away many years ago from cancer, but he didn't have cancer and he's still alive. And he said he had a lot of survivor's guilt from that. Just, just from that, I don't know, fluke of his brother having cancer. And he just couldn't understand why was it him that died. That's kind of what I assume what everyone goes through. Why me? Why am I still alive? You ever think about death, Corrine? Making you think about your own mortality?
Yeah. Do you ever look in the mirror and wonder? Do you ever see the cold claws of the reaper? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. I did this morning. Oh, my God. <laughs> ah, brush my teeth, looking at the reaper. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, it's a thing that I think about. I think the older I get, the more I think about it. Um, I don't know, though. I mean, there's sort of two options, right? Mm-hmm. Like, either... You die, and you go to this special fancy place called heaven. That sounds great. It does. It sounds great, right? And you can eat all the food you want, and you get to see all your relatives, and all your friends, and all the dogs are there, and la-di-da. That sounds super. Does that happen? I don't know. Well, there was that movie, All Dogs Go to Heaven. It's got to be real. Was that a a biography? No, it was a Disney movie. Was it based on true events? (laughs) No. Oh. Well. Damn it. Oh, well. Anyhow, maybe that's true, and that's wonderful. And maybe it's not. And maybe you you just blink out like the light getting turned off. But oddly enough, that doesn't make me fearful as much as it's sort of a relief. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Because, you know, I mean, if you're not there to know that you're not there, then you don't know you're not there. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And that's the new tagline for the show. We can make that into a t-shirt. Say that twice. I can't even remember what you just said. It was a lot. If you don't know that you're not there. You don't know what you don't know. (laughs) It's true. No, I know. One time I got really... Well, I'm not going to say. I'll just say I was inebriated. Mm. We're in Washington State. I think you can Under the influence. <laughs> of what I won't say. Mm. It's still federally illegal. It's airplane glue. Yeah, I was sniffing glue. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> it was oven cleaner in a paper bag. Anyhow. Any- anyway, I was really inebriated and intoxicated or whatever. And I was going to sleep. And I went to sleep. My boyfriend, Brian, he went out and ran an errand or something. It was like nine at night. He came back and he said that he was trying to wake me up and he was like shaking me. He was really concerned. And then because I'm a primary, normally a light sleeper. So eventually I woke up and I'm like, hey, what's up? What's why the panic? And he's like, I was trying so hard to wake you up. You wouldn't. That was the best rest I've ever had. And if death is like that, just like nothingness, I think I'm okay with that. Have you ever had an experience like that? Yeah, when I had my wisdom teeth out. Okay. (laughs) And I'd never been under anesthesia before. So I was nervous because, of course, everybody decides the day before you go under anesthesia is a great time to tell you the story about their cousin's cousin's mailman's daughter who went under anesthesia for a filling and never woke up. Oh, my God. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm just trying to get some teeth pulled. They tell you that right before? Uh, I think the (laughs) dentist does if if no one else does. Jesus. Also, this is interesting, and tell me, y'all, in comments somewhere on something, um, was this your experience with having your wisdom teeth out? Because when I had mine out... They put an IV in, which was fine. I'm not a scary <gasps> needles person. This <gasps> one. I yeah. am. <gasps> she's, she's barfing. This is so gross. Let's take a break for barfing. Uh, okay, thanks. Yeah. And uh, so that didn't bother me at all. And then as I'm chatting with the nurse, because I'm kind of nervous, she's tying my arms to the chair. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Not kidding. <laughs> and uh, no one really explained that to me. And then I fell asleep. <laughs> That's the last thing you saw. Right. The good news is, the good the, news is when I woke up, I was no longer tied to the chair. You weren't strapped down. No, not so much. Oh, um, but when I woke up, I was very kind of groggy and cloudy, yeah. you know. 
and they put a quilt on me, Aww. which was a beautiful thing. And there was this big window in front of me, and it was blue skies and green trees mm-hmm. and just lovely fall day. Mm-hmm. Kind of like it is today. Oh, Where's the airplane glue, Marianne? <laughs> is it in Tesla Studios? Oh, my God. Anyhow, um, Marianne likes to party. <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> That's the takeaway. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, and it just, I woke up and I felt like, boy, that was the best sleep I've ever had in my life. Yeah. It was just nothingness. I'd like to sleep like that every night, but you know what happens if you do that? You're dead. Michael Jackson. Oh, no! Mm-hmm. You're going to start touching children inappropriately? That's not where I was going oh. with that, but yes. Oh, when he OD'd. Right. Oh, right, that, right, that one. Right. Too yeah. soon. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, so that idea doesn't bother me so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, more so the idea of leaving people behind and leaving a mess behind. But Yeah, but you're not going to be conscious to yeah. have yeah. that inner turmoil. And it's not like you get to decide, like, oh, yeah, well, see you I'll later. die on a Tuesday. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> oh, the kids are getting out early today. I'm going to fucking die. No, that's not how we do that. That's not how that works. No, it's certainly not. What about, like... Um, non-death related grief like losing something major to you like your job or your career or yeah that sort of thing i think people can experience that to a degree Mm -hmm. similarly to the loss of a person in your life yeah but i think to try to compare it would be pretty inappropriate yeah i i had some people come up to me and you know ask how things were going with the case and whatnot and or if they didn't know me and um just heard that i had lost my husband they would come and give their condolences and i'd say yeah you know it's been rough and then they would promptly tell me that oh yeah i can definitely relate my parents divorced when i was 12 and I just look at them like, these, these things are not the same. What are you talking about? Are you waiting for them to say, and then they drove off a cliff? <laughs> right, and then they died. Right. No, they didn't. Other people compared my loss of my husband to them losing a pet. Oh, yeah. And I'm that's... like, yeah, that's not the same thing. But now, I mean, they're not. In in my reality, they're not the same at all. But, but they're just trying to relate Right. Something. But when they say, oh, yeah, I can, I can relate exactly. No, you can't. But I think that's, like, the point I'm trying to make that I can't remember that quote. And I always butcher it every time. Okay. But it's a person can drown in seven feet of water or seven inches of water. Either way, both of them have drowned. So my reality is that I've lost my husband. It was a tragic event. He was killed. This other person who's saying, oh, yeah, I can totally relate. I've lost my pet. That was a traumatic event for them. So in their minds, it's equivalent. To me, I think they're crazy. Right. And potentially a super dick. (laughs) I don't think they were trying to be. Allegedly (laughs) an asshole. Allegedly a dick. So maybe don't do that. Please don't do that. I think it's just important to think about it before you say anything to someone who's going through anything. Yeah. Because I have said some stupid shit. You're not going to believe this. <laughs> I've said some stupid shit <laughs> in you? my life. Yeah, once. One time. Just once? Yeah. <laughs> do you remember Ooh. what it was? What was no, it? no, Damn it. I don't remember. It was probably no big deal. <laughs> but yeah, maybe, you know, give it some thought first. And, and I think also it's important to remember that you don't have to say anything. Right. People feel like it's quiet. I have to talk. Right. You don't. Shut your crow. Yeah, just shut your crow. Just maybe cork it with some delicious foods. <laughs> cork your crow. Maybe cork your crow. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. 
you know, grief is difficult. And hopefully you'll move forward. If you don't, whatever. But as long as you're grieving appropriately and you're not holding it all in, that's what's important. Yeah, and as long as you're not doing anything that's actually harmful to yeah. yourself. I mean, if you want to get under the deck and, and do it stray cat style and <laughs> just be alone for just a while. Hide. Yeah, just tell me that you're going to be under the deck and that way I can oh check God. on you. I can put out a little bowl of food. Yeah. Before Adam was killed in 2016, um, I was at work and I had met this woman. Um, her name's Leanne, and she had previously lost her husband 15 years prior to Adam's death. And um, I would just see her around the office always smiling and laughing and having a good time, living life to the fullest. And I heard that she was remarried and she had a child. And I, that, did not com- that did not make sense to me. It did not compute. And after I lost Adam, she contacted me. And she was kind of like my mentor through all this because, honestly, I thought I was going crazy. I thought I was going to be institutionalized. So I had to bounce ideas off of Leanne and be like, hey, is this crazy? And she's like, yeah, that's totally normal. You're fine. <laughs> There's very little, I think, that you can do when you're in the midst of grief that isn't okay and normal. Mm. If you're not hurting anybody, if you're not standing on the freeway, yeah. if you're not, you know, screaming at cashiers at the store, yeah. you know, just don't hurt anybody, but I, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And I think it's important for everyone to remember that everyone grieves differently. So if they get some shocking news and they don't immediately start crying, that doesn't mean they're not sad. They just haven't processed it yet. Yeah. Or if someone, you know, remarries in a year, let's not judge it's, them for yeah, it. It's usually the men, though. Yeah, it's the men. You Sorry, know why? dudes. Why? They don't know how to do anything. They can't make a sandwich for you themselves. You to make your sandwich. <laughs> That's right. Where are you going to get your scrimps? <laughs> if you don't have a wife. Oh, my God. They'd have cold drinks and warm shrimp. Cold drinks. Warm shrimp. Oh, no. They wouldn't know what to do with themselves. And it's true, not 100% true, of course, but I belong to a Widow Widowers Reddit site, subreddit. And, um, you know, people just talk about their loved ones who's passed away and what happened and how they're moving forward and yada yada. And a lot of the men on there are like, yeah, my wife, I lost her a year ago, and I'm remarried. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like it's generally the men. Yeah. I think it's just something, I, maybe potentially culturally, like we, we encourage know. men to be a man and move on, and women maybe. are a little more free to sort of cry and be, really grieve, be in their feelings maybe. for a while longer. Yeah, but it always surprised me when those guys would post like, oh, my wife passed away six months ago, and now I started dating her best friend. Yeah. What, what are you doing, sir? That's gross. And then the best friend is okay with dating the, I don't know, I don't get it. I'm not judging, though. I'm judging a little bit, but you know, you do you, you live your best life, as long as no one's hurt, and everything's on the up and up, and you pay your taxes, it's cool. Right. Pay your taxes. File your paperwork. I'm looking at you, Donald. Oh, no. I said it. Too soon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, I do want to leave with one final note of when you lose someone, don't stop telling stories about them. I, if things remind me of Adam, even if the person I'm talking to or around didn't even know him, 
I'll still tell them that story. I'll be like, oh yeah, my husband used to do this stupid thing, blah, 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 blah. It has no influence on them, but it makes me feel a little better. It didn't, it didn't hurt them to hear that story, so why can't I tell it? You tell whatever you want to tell. I will. Okay, do. <laughs> Thank you. That makes it right. <laughs> Should we try a sign off? Uh, sure. Well, I also wanted to say Ooh. thank you. Uh, I've been informed by our producer. That's Mary Ann. That's me. That's her. <laughs> she told me that, and now I'm telling you, that uh, we have literal tens of <gasps> listeners. We sure do. Tens. Forty-five of them. Forty-five people. First of all, thank you. Second of all, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> Listening to this podcast. Listening to this podcast? Of course. Yeah, right. Because, I mean, we're all too cheap for therapy. It's true. Thanks, America. It's true. Give me some insurance, please. Yeah. Ugh. And then we can end this podcast. <laughs> please. And then we can have real therapy. Dear God. And dredge up all that shit I've been suppressing. And speaking of real therapy, we're not qualified to tell you any of the oh, stuff we just told you. God, no. That was an hour of completely unqualified, unquantified, un- right. uneducated right. bullshit. We have degrees in nothing. We're old, so we have life experience. We're trash. <laughs> Garbage. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys, for listening. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. That was terrific. Keep listening. Go to our Patreon. Give us some money if you like what you hear. Maybe a dollar. We're on, what are we on? Spotify, iTunes, some other business. Wherever podcasts are sold for free. <laughs> yes. Just maybe if you don't know how to find us, just roll down your window in traffic and yell, does anybody know how to find this? And Tesla Studios! We might be driving behind you recording. You <laughs> we never know. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, that's about it. All right. We're not actually driving while we're doing this, y'all. No. Don't call We're safe. Yeah. yeah. We're... They wouldn't be able to find us anyway. Try and get us, Capper! <laughs> <laughs> it's the fuzz. I don't... Oh, my God. How Take old are you? Take me back to the 40s. The fuzz. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's it, then. Keep your loved ones close. Keep me closer. <laughs> Let me smell your baby. God, I just want to smell your baby. All right, y'all. Have a day. We're so cheap, so cheap. So cheap for therapy. We're cheap, we're cheap, cheap, we're so cheap, so cheap, won't pay for therapy, I say we're cheap, we're cheap, cheap, we're so cheap, so cheap, we do our own damn therapy. We're cheap. We're cheap, cheap. We're so cheap, so cheap. Come get your therapy for free. Hey.